the Hilliard Studio Podcast, your resource for everything happening in the Hilliard Studio Method world. Thanks for listening to the Hilliard Studio Podcast. As one of our loyal listeners, we've got a special promotion just for you. For the entire month of May, you can take 10% off all retail products at Hilliard Studio Method's online store by using the promo code PODCAST. So head on over to HilliardStudioMethod.com to get 10% off any retail product through the end of the month by using the promo code PODCAST. And now, here's your hosts, Liz Hilliard and Lee Canelli. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Hey, Liz. Hi, Lee. Happy Glad day. To be back. Good to see you. Perfect. So as we're recording, we're on week 10 of <laughs> Corona quarantine, just hanging out, kind of reminiscing about what a wonderful and interesting time it's been. Yeah. Interesting. And in that, you know, we are 10 weeks out of our studio and people are around us that we know of pretty much well. And we know that there's a lot of suffering mm-hmm. and there's a lot of pain. And I think we all feel very uncomfortable even having the smallest complaint about this quarantine, knowing That's that right. there's a lot of suffering in this world. Um, you know, so there's, I think we wanted to talk a little bit today about, we, we said this a long time ago in one of the podcasts mm-hmm. about the world being in a state of fear, which rightly so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, fear can come on many different levels and, and stages of the game. I think we've talked about how we don't want fear to be the driving force of how we handle anything in this situation, you know, business or, or personal. And I feel like we've handled that pretty well, right? Mm-hmm. Fear always kind of creeps up, but it's how you deal with it. And I think what we've recognized is the feelings you have through all this get yeah. magnified almost in both ways. I mean, there's a, a great deal of um, kind of gratitude for the time to to slow down and mm-hmm. and peel back the layers and see where we're going to go in lots of different Ways. It's been interesting peeling back the layers, though. I have mm. to say personally that the feelings have been strong. The feelings of gratitude. Sometimes I look out at the beautiful skies and I'm very grateful for the beauty of this earth and the beauty of the people like you and the people that I know are healthy. But then the dark things that creep in. Yeah. Uh, it's like my, everyone I think is experiencing this. Maybe they're not, maybe it's just me, but I feel like my feelings are more intensified. Yeah. I feel like the earth is more intensified. Yes. I know that the United States, the community of this nation is very intensified mm-hmm. with, with debating back and forth. Who's right. The, the biggest shock to me in this whole thing, honestly, shock is that we've even thought of making this political this is oh, well. science and scary science. And I think it always becomes political when you have governments who have to make choices and then you have federal versus local. And I think it becomes a political game. Oh. And I think that's with people's unfortunate. lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't want to go political. Oh, yeah. That's not really our Ugh. bag. And uh, we stay we stay clear of that. We just make sure we do what we need to do to <laughs> keep people yeah. where they need to be. <laughs> but um, I think fear can come often from the unknown. Oh yeah. Right. So this is the first time, for example, we've experienced this coronavirus. I mean, I always relate it back to why I've had given birth to two children 
And the first one was so much scarier just because you have no idea, right? You've never gone through labor before or delivered before. And the second time you have a little bit of a better idea. So each time you experience something, you are conditioned to learn what it's like. But I think that's the beauty of human nature is that people are so different. The way we handle our lives are so different. So the way we handle everything is going to be different every time. And if you can manage the unknown sort of feelings, there's maybe beauty in that. Well, there is beauty in it, but it's not easy. And, um, we as human, our human nature is to have some kind of handle for some reason. We Mm. like to have a, like a, well, we know we're going into, for instance, if you're going into a war, a war, World War II, say, or Mm -hmm. Vietnam War, not Vietnam as much, because we really didn't know what we were getting into there, but at least, you know, this is what we're doing. These are the bad guys. These are the good guys. Here's how we're going to all work it out. Yeah. I think in this virus, um, we don't have definitions of who's got it. Are the tests working? We don't know if you can get it a, you know, number, a number of times. Right. We don't know if we do get it, that we will be one of those lucky ones that just has it and you're okay or not. And I right. think it's just like playing Russian roulette yeah. with nature right now. Sure. So that's the unsuredness. And I think that's the part that has our emotions riding uh, pretty high and low. Mm-hmm. Well, and then it's Okay. What do you do with that? What mm-hmm. is the best thing we can all do or know to do or try mm-hmm. to do? Because you have to continue mm-hmm. to live your life the best you can. So, all right, I'm going to follow all the health and safety precautions as I can and try to enjoy it the best I can because. Yeah, but you know, I had a day yesterday where I really got a little, not as scared of the virus, just dark mood. You mm-hmm. know, I, everything I looked at just seemed, I kept seeing that glass half full. And yeah. so when that happens, and it rarely happens with me because I'm pretty optimistic, Very. but I had to remember my own advice because I was really just feeling the feelings of dark yeah. and scared and fear. And um, so, and the and personal things that were going on in my life that I just could not seem to get a grip on. And so I, as we all do, I just, I had to listen to my own voice, my voice that told you all that says, <laughs> get up and take that first step and, and to do the next best thing. I mean, I'm quoting someone, I can't remember somebody else just said that recently, but to do the very next best thing. Cause you can't, if I look at on a dark day, like yesterday was a uh, that day for me, if I look and go, well, what's going to happen by, you know, next week or next month or next year, what will happen? What's going to happen? That is really feeding into the ego side of you, that record that plays over and over again, that just says, yeah, you need to worry about that. You need to spend your time on that. What we need to worry about is the very next step, the very next best decision. And for me, always it is movement. So I took a walk and it helped helped. some, but I'm telling you when you go dark, sometimes it can be hard. Yeah. But do you let that ride out or do you have other ways to deal with it? I mean, you can't just walk for five hours till it's gone. No, but here's the thing. I'm not trying to walk away the pain or the Ah. scaredness. I'm trying to walk into it. Mm. And that's the thing I think this uh, quarantine has brought me is a sense that when I'm in a hurry pace and I'm rushing around, I don't have to really go into my feelings. And I mean, I go into my happiness too. I go, this is the best day some days. But yesterday when it was a dark day, I walked into the pain and I, and I, I did the things I needed to do, like notice it and say it. Remember we always say, right. You even called me. No, (laughs) you even came over and you said, name Name it. it. 
And I was too upset to name it. Well, because I think it's easy to go. I feel adjective. I feel yes. sad. I feel lonely. I feel scared. No, what is causing those things? Yeah. What are the things behind the feelings that are right initiating that? Driving the force. And then I did. And then I named it. Mm-hmm. And when I named it, it had less power, but it was still there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was, I, at least I knew what it was. Part of the fear is the fear of the unknown. And so when you finally go... I am just sad because of this or because of that person or because mm-hmm. of this, this incidents that happen, then you can go, Oh, okay. You were upset because of this person. Well, let's delve into that. Sure. Let's go deep. Let's see where we can go with that. I think it makes it smaller. It doesn't make the issue smaller. It makes the, um, like the, I feel like when you just say, Oh, I feel dark or in a dark place, like your whole room or mm-hmm. aura becomes dark. And so if you find the one little thing within your whole life, that's dark, then it's just that one little mm-hmm. part. Mm-hmm. It doesn't lessen it mm-hmm. what I'm saying, but, I but I have to say this, I could reach down and find my joy. I did. I, I did. I reached down there and I have these, and you know, Lee's now, you know, <laughs> We're together and she knows that I've have a room with um, crystals and rocks in them. <laughs> so I found my crystal, my rock that makes me so happy. And there it just has a little shard of like sunlight in it. Put it in my pocket. You know, I just let it be my, my light when I couldn't see a light. Mm-hmm. And then I remembered, but that doesn't go, oh, now that you remember your joy, all that pain is sure. gone. No, it's still there. Yeah. And that's the thing about being human beings. For us to just go, it's got to be happy. If we're not happy, Ugh. then we're not doing well. But no, if we're doing not really true. well, when we just listen and be what we are feeling that minute. Right. I love that, that experience of all the, the emotions on the roller coaster, on the rainbow of life. On the rainbow. On the rainbow. If you miss them, that's too bad. Isn't that something? Everybody's got rainbows now they're using for this uh, coronavirus. Yeah. Sort of like there's a rainbow at the end. I do like that. I think the LBGT community is going, wait a minute. Yes. You just stole our thing, we right? Like the pride. Yeah. It's great. But I love that. I love that. And I love the children put it in the windows in the neighborhood and on the sidewalks. Very hopeful. Mm-hmm. Very um, have you positive. been down? Well, I had a down day last week. So maybe I just shared that mm-hmm. with you. Yeah. Um, that was more, I mean, I was going to say kind of back, not specifically on that in general, listening to you kind of have the extremes of the feelings. I think that has a lot to do with maybe how passionate or strong your personality is. So Mm -hmm. I'm just curious if, you know, some people who are really even keel all the time, Mm -hmm. how going through something like this has changed them. Are they handling coronavirus Mm -hmm. in a very chill, um, laid back way <laughs> Who in the world or, is handling coronavirus. Well, I'm sure there's some people back who way. are kind of riding this. It doesn't, yeah, you know, if right. they're not having something majorly negatively impact them, someone immediately sick or their business is still doing okay. Yeah. I mean, I think some people just handle things differently and I think you are generally even keel, but you are passionate. Oh, I think, and you're, creative. I think you're being kind with the even. No, I'm serious. <laughs> Thank you. I'm serious. You're, I mean, I, maybe it's cause you're older and wiser and um, just, you know, yeah. you've lived life. So you don't let all the little things spaz you out until they do. Sure. 
Yeah, no, no. I think it's great. I think the truth is, is I am passionate and, um, I, I'm, I go in full force. If I see something happening, I go in full force. Mm-hmm. I write the wrong. I, you know, I find the joy and, um, some of these days are hard and, uh, but others are incredible. And the joyful days are just, that's the thing I want to say. The joyful days are just as intense as the dark ones. And that does not mean I need to rush to the doctor. I don't think and get medicine for being bipolar. I think that is literally what we are all rushing through. Now, Lee just gave me a real, uh, don't say that. And of course, many of us do have those needs to, to get medication. But uh, right now, I think no matter what's going on in anybody's life, they're feeling their feelings more. There's more time to feel the feelings and there's more intensity of them because of the circumstance of being home with children, education, lack of work, no work, being fired, yeah, being afraid of, of, of sickness. Well, I like it for our children too, because in my experience, we've obviously slowed down a little bit and, um, it's not just the school, then sports, then homework, then dinner and go to bed and try to do that whole hamster wheel again, which I know is coming back, but maybe we'll have better skills. I don't know. You think it's coming back? At some point. The hamster wheel? Do you yeah. think people are going to buy into the hamster Absolutely. wheel? Absolutely. Oh, please. I don't want them to. I want them to like calm it down a little bit. Yeah. You no. Know? I mean, our children are still going to go to school, maybe not full time this next mm-hmm. year. Who knows? I don't know. Um but that's a good six, seven hours of their day. True. And so when you come home, obviously everybody has the choice how you want to spend your, your extra time. Mm-hmm. I mean, for our family, it's sports. And so yeah, if I have two children in two different sports, there's several days a week that we're doing that. I and think so- everybody listening is hoping that you're exactly right. What, that it comes back? Or yeah, that, that that does come back because yeah. that would feel, it would be certainly greater for your children. But I mean, the hamster wheel, I just meant like do a thousand things. I mean, I think we're all going to go into this perspective, even if you're taking your kids to soccer and football mm-hmm. and wherever you're going to, you know, a sense of we're not going to just do this mindlessly. I think there's a mindfulness that we have gained from this quarantine time. Right, right. That I do think the pace will pick back up and mimic what it used to be like. But it's when you do have downtime or can you create more meaningful, mm-hmm. quiet times? Because I mean, I have a 13 year old son. That's not the the peak of sharing and emoting oh, and, yeah. and really chatting for him and mm-hmm. for me. Exactly. But because we go on walks every day now, it is. Yeah. So when things do become a little more normal, I think we'll have more of a practice and a routine of doing that. More normal. I think that's a funny way to put it. I think there's the new normal mm-hmm. and I don't think anything will ever be the same. Maybe we no. disagree on that, but I don't think it's going to be the same. I don't disagree on that. I, yeah. I think the the changes will be for the better. Yeah, me too. I, I mean, all things that come into our lives like this are always, you know, harbingers are uh, the change that will become better. Exactly. I, I, you know, there's so many great changes. I've, I've you know, been watching my fair television like everyone else has. And just think of all the changes that came out of World War II. You know, a, a lot of di- women went to work for the first time. Mm-hmm. You know, there, we're going to see changes in the workplace that will last forever. 
You know, there might be a little less insane meetings that last, you know, <laughs> why do you have to have these meetings every Monday for two hours? Why can't we do some, you know, really people are doing it from home and people doing efficient work and getting things done. And, and we talked, I talked to a friend the other day that said she's noticed, um, her husband is working harder. He gets up at seven and uh, right. doesn't get off his computer till like nine and he's getting a lot done, but he's taking great big long walks yes. during the day. Right. And I think you will create, I think we'll have more time to create the lifestyle that you want a little bit more if, if what, things like become. <laughs> sure. I mean, let's see who comes out of this and what new relationships we've got. Is that what you mean? No, I mean, really just <laughs> finding, you know, what's important. And I think uh, finding what's real and, and that's what this podcast is about. And, um, and, and noticing that the unrealness and letting it go and saying goodbye to it with many blessings and see you later. So I guess I'm listening to you wondering, like, what do you mean? You're just saying real and unreal. I need examples. I'm much more tangible concrete than you concrete that's right i mean you know i guess concrete. we, we attend and we can all like tend to go off on poetic. some kind of esoteric it's not esoteric nonsense to talk about real and unreal real to me is defined as that thing that resonates as as um tangible and 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 matter in my life mm -hmm. is it real does it does it resonate with who i am um what would be unreal would be play acting at possibly a relationship with somebody that I really don't want to be friends with, or, you know, that really yeah. says things that I not disagree with, but that affect that, that, um, affects my soul in a negative way. Mm -hmm. My soul, mm -hmm. meaning my feelings, my, you know, who I am. So I think we tolerate a lot. And I think it's this real means don't tolerate things that, invade your sacred space of who you say you are and who you say you are. If it's not real, it needs to fall away. Right. So that's, I just, I do speak in general terms sometimes, but concretely, um, there's a lot of nonsense that we do in relationships mm -hmm. with our partners, our husbands, wives, you know, partners, there's nonsense we do with play acting that we need to be, you know, in certain circles for our children's good, blah, blah, right. blah. I mean, I don't mean to be uh, condescending toward that, except that I do <laughs> really. Well, I mean, that's the truth of how you feel, but I mean, yeah. that helps me really understand and it makes sense, but also I think it's hard to do. I, I have know a question for you. Okay. So you're asking, what's this whole real thing as versus unreal? Does unreal make you happy? Well, no, I've divorced and now been in okay. a relationship with Does you. Does real make you happy? So <laughs> yes. We know yes. what resonates. We know what, you know, it, it can be like, that's not a real piece of pie. That's got, you know, saccharin or something. Mm -hmm, in it. Mm -hmm. Or that's not a real relationship because it doesn't make me feel myself. Right. So that's the thing that is coming. I don't think we have a choice in it. I think we're all hmm. stuck at home with our relationships and we are going to work our way toward that relationship in a positive way, or this might be a time to work away from it in a positive way. 
And, you know, that, and I said positive on purpose because, you know, divorce is not the worst thing in the world. What's the worst thing in the world is being with someone that makes you less than you are Mm -hmm. or makes you believe that you're less than you are. Right. It's, it's never really about, it's how you react to them. I was about to say, I never, I never, you know, would ever point the finger at, you know, my ex-husband or anybody like that, because I was just simply showing up as a different person. But when I found Mm. that I could be more myself, I was more, I resonated more in a different relationship. So I think that's, I think that's what part of this is about is, um, and with your kids too, because a lot of it is like, if a lot of it's like leave it to beaver, y'all are way too young to leave it to beaver. No, I'm not. Or yeah, all those things the in cleavers. the fifties, the cleavers, June cleaver. <laughs> I've always worn pearls when I vacuum. When I vacuum, when would I be vacuuming? <laughs> anyway, you don't fit that you know, mold. But you know that I grew up in the sixties, where all the fifties were when all that was happening, and so. You know, that wasn't real, but that was, I totally get why they did that now. I've lived a long time and that was right after World War II. And they were like, holy cow, that was super real. <laughs> let's, let's just pretend everything's, everything's okay. okay and tell our kids that everything is just okay. I get it. Right. It but, makes sense. You know, but I, you know. Well, I was going to say, you know, you look at that image of a woman working hard. Yes. At the home. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, what's the difference between a woman working hard anywhere? You know, you just made a joke about vacuuming. What's that? Oh. I mean, you work oh, I so just did hard. The whole Hillary Clinton thing about the baking cookies, didn't I? Oh my God. You don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but back in the day, she got really criticized because she said something like, oh, oh I know. I'm not, a, I should be home baking cookies. And mm-hmm. she, she condescended toward women, women who are staying And I kind of just did that. And I'm going to admit that because that's the truth. As a matter of fact, women at home, Trust us, we're all at home. I think we can all agree doing work at home is the hard work of life. Bringing children into this world and then not killing them, but, uh, you know, (laughs) actually figuring out a way to let them live and supporting them is the hardest work in the world. So... Yeah, that's, uh, we all agree on that. I mean, I think it's easy to fall into those stereotypes of stay at home mom, not stay at home mom. And now there's a little bit of everybody stays at home. (laughs) Exactly. Everybody stays at home and works and teaches. And so it's kind of crazy, but there's where the respect for, for everyone working hard and whatever they are doing is. Oh yeah. And that's the beauty again with the real. Okay. That's real. Now nobody's got to debate over who's working harder. We're all working hard, right? I know really that there is a debate. It's, I think, a feminine trait to defend yourself in whatever it is you're doing, how hard you're working. Why do you think that is? Gosh, I don't know. Because we are brought up to believe that we have to prove ourselves. Men are mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. Now men are too. I was going to say that I, it's not just women. But we are always, I think for women, it's like, make sure everyone else, else is happy okay. before your happiness. Make sure your husband, your partner, I mean, you know, it's amazing. Lee and I are just like bending over backwards with each other because we're both women. We should be like <laughs> ever working this happiness. Thing. But, you know, I think we've, a lot of us are evolving into respecting your own worth. Um, mm-hmm. You know, women in the workplace are women at their home. 
respecting their own worth. You know, the old days of let me just hide the receipts from my husband. I'm really hoping those are ending because you work your Batomsky off. I mean, that's a weird <laughs> word. I know, but I'm trying not to say curse words, but I mean, you work really hard and it, there's no hiding about how hard you work if you're bringing up children and you're not working in the outside world and, mm-hmm. and you're not bringing in income from, for the family. So, you know, you are an equal partner in this relationship with the partner that is making the outside money. And I think that, um, you know, you don't hide anything you choose to buy, do say, and, and that's, that's the new world we're in. One thing I keep thinking about as we're talking about this a little bit and women's different jobs and how they handle it. And I guess the defense mechanism to always defend what you're doing to the best. I don't know why we do it. Like I said, but I keep thinking about, I know how I feel about it, but what other mothers probably imagine when they know that I share custody with my ex-husband and have my children for one week and then not for one week. And I bet there are a lot of mothers who would quickly say like, I could not ever imagine, you know, not being with my children for a week. And I think we all have to make hard decisions. And, and I've found the beauty in what we're doing and how that works for our family. But I always have a little bit of a internal, I guess, worry, not about what other people think. I just recognize that other people might go, huh, well, you're not with your kids for a week. Aren't you a bad mom? I mean, I don't know. Well, I I understand that that bothers you and I hope that it will quit because walk a mile in my shoes again. Uh, no one knows what it's like to be you or you and your ex-husband. Uh, mm-hmm. it's not probably easy for him either. I have no idea, but, um, again, for us to worry about that judgment, I think it kind of goes back to, does that really matter? Unless sometimes it really does matter when it's people that are close to you that might mm-hmm. be critical of the way you've done it. But I think just looking at you from the outside in, is I know you two, you and your ex-husband have made the decision together for the best of your children. Yeah. And, um, and the hard part is to, you know, let them go at the end of yeah. the week. And then, you know, then you get used to, to having the week and then you pick them up and it's sort of like a whole readjustment. It is. Uh, I'm sure other people are doing this right now, even especially during this environment. I know. COVID thing. It's tricky, isn't it? A little more difficult. Yeah. A little more difficult. I I mean, I do think my children are an older age for that capability, but. Yeah. But I think again, um, it's, you just said it though. You were, you were worried that someone was thinking badly Uh about you. Well, and it's interesting because I can separate the two mm -hmm. because I know I'm confident in what we're doing Mm -hmm. as a family and how it works for us and the way we work all the details out. But I also am aware of maybe no one's ever thought it before, but when you go one week on one week off, I mean, I think I'd go, Oh, Mm -hmm. you would have also thought, Oh, look at those two women over there having a relationship, but you've, you know, we can't worry about that. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Or we can, we do. Sure can. (laughs) I like, I like that. I just said that we can't worry about that now. (laughs) Well, of course we worry about all those kind of nonsense things. Exactly. The more nonsense nonsense. there is, I mean, it is nonsense to worry about when someone else thinks of your mothering. That is nonsense. Right. Unless there's a real problem. Well, 
I mean, I will let you know. <laughs> Thank you. I will let you know when there's a real problem. No, uh, it's good to question yourself. That's but true. I, I wouldn't let other people because they literally don't know a thing about you. Right. And they certainly don't know the conversations you have with your ex-husband, which I think are very proactive with your children. Mm-hmm. Or with my children every day. I yes. Mean, so, you know. What works for us doesn't it, work for everybody. There's a lot of eyes on relationships and y'all's relationship with other mm-hmm. people staring in and making opinions. And I'm sure you've had a lot of it. So. Right. Well, you know, in our relationship, well, you, you no, our me. relationship, it's like a field day. As a matter of fact, I told. Is it? I mean, does anyone care? I, I guess. I don't I, know. I hope not care. The only people I care about are the people right. I love that judge me. And, and that's when I care. And that's, that's when I get, when scared, you get scared and, and upset. Dark and, worried, and worried. And dark and dreary. But, um, you know, you just keep loving people back in the midst of some of that. And they will, they'll either love you or not. Right. Well, and I think that circles back to the real and unreal. So, when we can say, I don't mind what anybody else thinks because we know we're real in this relationship. Mm -hmm. So if you start to have those big time worries Mm -hmm. about that, maybe you should question your relationship. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, exactly. I mean, I would not be in this relationship with you that has tested some boundaries or why would you blow everything up for for something that you didn't know made you feel like you're real Mm -hmm. true self. I keep having to go back to my girl, Maya Angelou, every single other day to say, (laughs) you know, the great, the, the, the higher the risk, the greater the reward, Mm -hmm. because, you know, there is beauty in that. And that's getting back to the real and unreal again for those of you that are listening, or I know for myself, the greatest reward is to be myself and to know what resonates with me and with my love for Lee. What is, it's a risk and that you will literally drive people out of your life and it breaks your heart. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you decide then, you know, is it worth the risk? Um, and, And when you do that one thing that you go, Oh, I can't possibly, possibly do that. But if you've got something down deep inside that's just going, gosh, wouldn't that just be incredible? I mean, really. And it resonates as, as real as in, oh my gosh, I'm not sure I can, I can't not do that. Right. Then you sometimes have to close your eyes and and jump off the deep end. You Mm -hmm. really do. Mm -hmm. And yes, you will lose the things that you didn't even know, you know, you will, there will be risk and there will be loss, but the reward will be greater because when you are rewarded with being your true, true honored self, Mm -hmm. when you honor who you are to the nth degree, to the depth of your soul, then your life is filled with joy. And that doesn't mean happiness. It's joy. Don't you think? I agree. I received today the most beautiful floral arrangement from you. Landed on the porch. I heard a knock, knock and went, what? And then you walked in with these gorgeous flowers from across the street, our neighbors at the studio, Charlotte's Garden, because today is the eve of my birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. I love a birthday. Um, And I wanted to know about some of your favorite birthday memories. You know, you have a birthday and I, I personally think, oh, I remember this one or that one. Well, that's fun because first of all, I'm excited that you love your birthday and some people don't love their birthday, Uh, 
but Lee loves hers in the kind, I think that you just like to celebrate it just the way, just, you always say, whatever we, I want to do that day, we're going to do it. If I want to just lay around and not do a thing, not do a thing, that's what we're going to do. Right. You got to go where the mood takes you. I hate making like a forced plan and then you go, oh, not really jazzed up for that. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty flexible, but you are. So you're not the, you're not, see, for me, for my birthdays, (laughs) I'm like, okay, the The media needs to be alerted. The media. In press some, release, you know, and someone needs to like, you know, make a big, you know, bang, banging of drums and stuff. So I'm always like, okay, I'm making a plan. I'm going to have a big party for my 50th. Um, I had a ginormous party at Duke mansion. It was so much fun. So fun. Um, I had a band. I mean, it, it was like <laughs> Aubrey, my ex-husband goes, this is like giving a, a wedding. wedding. And this we over had the, top. the best time. It was black Aww. tie and all that. And then for my 60th, um, Clary and Aubrey and me, and really it was me. <laughs> Clary like did all these cool things, like had like five different cakes from gosh. Oh, that was cool. Oh my gosh. Sarah it was so, cakes. Sarah, those, from Sarah Ren. They were so Lakers. incredible. Um, yeah, they were this beautiful. Anyway, so I like these big parties and that you was do. at Bell Lakers with another band with like 250 of my closest friends. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny the two so of us like together. I know we even it out, but, but um, excuse moi. Why didn't you talk about this year's birthday? Yours? Oh, do you remember I'm it? Sorry, I'm Jeez. sorry. Wow, I just that's got, pathetic. That's called driving yourself, <laughs> driving the bus under the bus. Um, so Lee, and this year when mm-hmm. I turned sixty, and this was not why I asked you. No, I know, but and I was also going to say these are great. Actually, my last birthday, the sixty six that you gave me. Mm-hmm. At my own home, we had so much fun. You had a million, I don't know how many people came, but it was like 50, 70, five people. Yeah. It was good. And they Let's were good a million. friends. Some people they were listening friends. weren't invited. So yeah, but there was just, worry. you know, there was a really good, good crowd. We had a, an incredible party. It was party. just a beautiful day. It was, it was a, a beautiful, beautiful January day. 20th day. Mm-hmm. The house was opened up, fully beautiful, you know, champagne truck outside. We had- This was prior to the quarantine. To so you just slipped in- Right before. Yeah. Way to go. And I'm going to quit talking about me because we're going right. No, no, no. I have one thing to say. Oh, okay. Sorry. This is one thing. My most memorable birthday yeah. was when I turned seven. Okay. I wanted a childhood birthday. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Go. No, I turned seven and I, it's like my first like memory birthday. Like mm. people came with gifts. I went, yep. they're bringing me gifts. <laughs> and we sat around the dining room table of my, my home in Concord and my mother and her friends served us Coke floats, which I just, I hate those. I've never liked Coke floats. They're They're terrible. But I pretended that I liked them because for some reason I'd never been celebrated. I didn't know what that was like. And people, and they sang and we opened the gifts and, and I've never liked, I still don't like Coke floats, but that is my most memorable because the memory of you know, being appreciated. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we want to all be at some so. point in our life. Oh, I love that. What do you want to do tomorrow? Whatever I want when I want. That's right. Pretty simple. That's pretty simple. No things. Remember we were going to be in New York, but we're not. Nope. But we're not going to be. I'm glad we're not going to be in New York tomorrow. I'm really glad we're not going to be in New York tomorrow. Yeah. Another so. day, another time. We'll travel another time. But right now we get to enjoy all the time we have here together. And I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for it too. And I think especially during this quarantine time and this, you know, incredible environment where we find ourselves in, we're all incredibly happy to be alive. True. And I think even if you're one of those people that don't like to celebrate birthdays and ring your own bell and, you know, 
It's time to celebrate your life. Yep. And we're going to do it in style tomorrow. Woohoo. I can't wait. <laughs> Me too. Thanks, everybody. Have a good day. Yes. Take it easy. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Hilliard Studio Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, take a moment to subscribe to the Hilliard Studio Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a rating and a review so that others can find us. We're looking forward to reopening Hilliard Studio Method soon, but until we know when we can do that, we're going to keep providing you with great HSM content, including at-home workouts, healthy tips for you and your family, as well as candid conversations with Lee and Liz. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Hilliard Studio Method for all the latest HSM news. Book classes, stream workouts, buy gear, and much more at our website, HilliardStudioMethod.com. That's it for now. We'll talk to you next week.